No ball. Saved by De Gea. And Mark Noble's penalty miss, saved by David De Gea, proves to be the victory point for Manchester United. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer runs on the pitch to congratulate his goalkeeper and to join the throng who are doing so because he has saved their skins here. The hero with the last act. Welcome to another United podcast. I'm Sam Hogan. I'm delighted to be joined by David May and Helen Evans. Hi. How are you, Sam? Very good, Maisie. How are you? All the better for seeing Helen. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Nice. Yeah, all good. I'm going to come straight in with where we're currently sat. We're in the VIP room Ooh, at Carrington. VIP. I know we've got a lovely view of the car park. Sam, you're on. really not selling this. Well, that, what I was going to get to is, yeah, fine, car park. But there's this magical cupboard in front of us with loads of really, frankly, weird objects that United have been given by other clubs European before clubs. European games. Yeah. I just want, Maisie, Helen, your thoughts on what we're looking well, at. Well, when I look at that, the first one I see is the eagle, which I actually think is really cool. But there's also a blue lion. That's from Leon. Have you seen the Bayern Munich one up there in the top corner, Maisie? Uh, uh, that's tricky, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's a strange one. That's one of the worst ones. You think Bayern Munich was, it looks like... Um, I quite like that. Do you? I do. I think it looks like the mascot's like a kid's club on in like the south of France. Yeah, maybe that's why I like it. Yeah. <laughs> kids club in the south of France because we're all so familiar with that. How many kids clubs have you been yeah. in the south of France? Loads. I did a lot of Haven holidays as a child. Yeah. Oh, did you? Yeah. You can have other holidays as well. <laughs> yes, in the VIP room. Mm. That's why the podcast has taken so long to get back. I think they were building that's this room. Realized, they've realised now that we are VIP us. people. Mm-hmm. Yes. We've got very fancy. We are VIP people. You were in this very room actually, Helen. I was, maybe just a few weeks ago. You was? Who was you with? David De Gea. And how did that go? It was excellent. Someone he, we have wanted on the podcast for a very long time. Yeah. Maisie, we missed you though. It was not the same without you. I know, yeah. I was, I think, do you know where I was? I think I was in Ben Medina with Keith Gillespie. Well, that sounds nice. Do. Yeah. You're just a little traveller, aren't you? I like to get around a you bit. You do? Yeah. You do like to get around. So in this very important person room, as I was saying, <laughs> we met David De Gea. It was very busy at Carrington that day, Sam. It's incredibly busy. There yep. were people everywhere. There was so much going on. Robbie Williams was yep. in the house. I have. A st- I still have no idea why he was here. But he was just hanging around, taking pictures of people, smiling and shaking hands. I think he was doing hands. some concerts in Manchester that weekend. And yeah. Did he entertain you? Come on, come back with one. Come back with one. I love an angel since death. But that didn't really work. Um, Oh my word, why have I taken a mind blank in all Robbie Williams songs? Hey, listen, you can have no regrets. So yes, it was very busy that day. It all got a little bit delayed. You could have come back with that one. I know. Put it in, put it in. We can edit that. Did he entertain you? Well, I have no regrets. Boom. All right, try again. Try again, go. Okay. Robbie Williams in the house. Did he entertain you? Well, I have no regrets. Oh, yes. Love that. You are so quick. (laughs) So, yes, it was very busy. David actually was here with his lovely girlfriend, who's also a pop star. Yeah. And she had a little chat with Robbie Williams, talking pop star stuff. Songs, microphones, acoustics. That kind of thing. So, yes, it was very busy, but... Really, really good to have David on the podcast. Over 500 appearances for Manchester Amazing. United. Amazing. As a, as a centre-back, you look at his ability to save shots. You look at David and what do you see? Well, obviously it's um, a specialist position, goalkeeper. Obviously, you know, you've got two centre-halves, two full-backs, four midfielders, so you can get around the team that way. But I suppose with, with a goalkeeper, you are just a one-man band and he's been sensational. Is that... A couple of ups and downs where people have questioned him. But listen, in 500 games, over 500 games, you're going to have that. But for me, there's no better shot stopper in the country. In Europe, probably. I think he's phenomenal. He really is. The amount of points he's saved Manchester United over the, in the last 10 years he's been at the club is is quite remarkable. So, yeah. And I've played with the best, Fish Michael, and he's certainly up there with him. Definitely. All right. Well, let's get to it. I'm just going to point out before we start, Maisie. No, no, no. Can I point out something before we Ooh, start? Please. We decided to bring some donuts. We decided to bring some donuts. No, no, no. Sam bought some donuts. I feel like this is Sam, a... Sam, Sam is a, just let Sam, me tell the story, Sam. please. Oi, it's not your podcast. You wait till you hear the story. It's not your podcast. It's mine and Alan's. Yeah. Stop seeing your pros. Just, where did the we come from is what I'm wondering. We 
decided Sam. to bring some donuts. Sam, okay. Sam so went producer and some Tasker donuts. asked Sam to buy some donuts. Right. Krispy Kremes because of Donut Gate, David to hair. You'll hear it oh, all. Yeah, yeah. Who turns up with 12 vegan donuts? Who does that? That's what Sam did. That's just selfish. Selfish. That's just that's just thinking about himself yeah. again. And I said, <laughs> always buy plain glazed. Yeah. 12 vegan donuts. Nobody complained other than what, what, what were they like? Mingin. Cardboard. Tasker. What was it like, Task? Just on mic. Go over here. You tried a donut. What were they like, Task? Any good? Underwhelming. You said you couldn't taste the difference. No, that was Gary who said that. Well, there you go. See? Is that Gary Dingle? Yeah. He's from Blackburn. He's got no taste. The caramel loved them. Uh, They were underwhelming. No good, Anyway, I just thought I should clear that up because we haven't spoken about that since and I know that Maisie... Did you eat all 12 then? No, 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 I brought them in for everybody. I don't know. Why would you do that? You brought them in for everybody but just brought the ones that you like. No, I, I just brought the ones that... All I wanted... Was a original glaze? Yes. Or a custard? Hundred percent, mate. Hundred percent. I get it. I get it. Because we just How don't want that a, situation it's, it's to a arise very, again. Very valid, valid point. Thank you. Who paid for Who paid for the donuts? Did you get the money back? No. Tasker, oh. can you sort that out? I, Boys, no, no, I would have done if you'd bought proper donuts. Eight quid. I'm not paying for them. Twelve. Twelve donuts. Yeah. At least buy two. That's what then, I said. Just and get then six. Get and two six. for yourself and be selfish that way, and then get ten How's others. How's it being selfish? Anyway, here's David De Gea. David De Gea, welcome to the United Podcast. Thank you very much. How are you? I'm feeling very good. Excellent. We start, obviously, as you've just played your 500th game for Manchester United, which is an incredible thing. I imagine you've answered loads of questions about that. But how does that feel? I feel very good. Uh, Very proud. I think it's something difficult to achieve, play 500 games for... For any team is tough, but especially to play for a massive club like like Manchester United is something crazy. And I said already, I think I'm, I'm going to realise more when, when I stop playing and okay, be at home, relaxing and say, OK, play more than 500 games for, for this massive club. Did you feel a little bit emotional when Sir Alex Ferguson came to give you the award? Because... He was the one that believed in you and trusted in you. When I looked at the photo myself, I, it made me feel a little bit emotional. Yeah, to be honest, I was I was very focused on the game, so I was. Yeah. Of course, it was was Sir Alex there and and the little trophy and, and everything was there, but I was hundred percent focused on the game. So, but then, like like you say, watching the the picture and when you look back in Alex time, yeah, there and I came here as a kid, and so yeah, it was a bit emotional there. I got a quote from you from when you first joined where you said, I have every intention of spending many years here at Manchester United. I want to become a great United keeper and I want to earn and deserve the respect that I hope to get. I said that. Yeah, you said that. That was you. Yeah. Four player of the year trophies and endless appearances in the PFA team of the year and things like that. How does it feel to think that that that's what you said at the time to where you are now? I don't know. It's difficult to to say because it's been many years here many games good things bad things but yeah, it's, a, it's been a privilege to, to be here I feel uh, I said already I feel like I'm, I'm at home mm-hmm. so yeah super proud uh, and yeah the responsibility is, is huge as well but, but I'm feeling great In that time how many Manchester United podcasts have you watched? <laughs> Not many, not many. I heard, I heard you've seen the one of Helen in her pink headphones. Yeah, nice, so they, nice headphones. they are showed on the canteen, so we know that My you are watching. My girlfriend the same ones with the, <laughs> say, with the, the thing there. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, um, we've had Juan Mata on the podcast. Did you catch that one? He loves he loves to talk and uh, he loves the podcast, yeah. Uh, how often do you talk to him now? Still? Yeah, a lot. Nearly every day, every two days. We're still talking. Mm. Uh, yeah, he's one of my best friends, so... He's doing well now. In, in he's enjoying Istanbul and yeah, wishing all the best. Have you seen the memes with his long hair? Yeah. What do you think? He sent me. He sent me the picture. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Probably he wished to have the the long hair. He Wait, was. Your hair is like just as famous as you are. My hair. I think hair. so. I think your hair is is a, a very famous thing because it's. You think? It's, well, you always have very drastic haircuts. I don't know. I just uh, want to change when I feel. Mm-hmm. Okay, now it's time to change, and depends how I feel, and depends how things going. Say, come on, let's let's change. So, okay, if you say that, I'm yeah, I'm a big fan. Okay, I'm a big thank fan. you, thank you. You're very welcome. Thank you. 
David, tell us about growing up. What was life like growing up? Did you live in a little neighbourhood? Did you live in a big city? I've got here. I'm not going to try and pronounce the place. Try, try. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, what is it? Is go, it good for the eye? You go with Madrid. It's close to Madrid and close to Toledo, so both big cities, but uh, it's a small village. So I was growing there uh, as a normal kid, uh, just going to the school, of course, and playing a lot of sports, tennis, basketball, basketball yeah, yeah, football. So yeah, as a normal kid. Have you got brothers and sisters? I have a sister. I have a sister, older sister, and uh, I have a a cousin. Is like my like my brother, but. I have a, a sister. So is that who you were doing your tennis, football, basketball, playing with them? Well, I was playing with my fr- with my friends. You no, know, with my my sister was more, yes, uh, music. You know, mm-hmm. more things, different things. Uh, and I used to play with my friends uh, in the school. Uh, yeah, basketball, tennis, everything. Did you like school? I love I love school. I miss the school. To be honest, I was I was there with my friends, just enjoying. Not not many. It was just there, living there, and yeah. I really enjoyed it. To be honest, I miss the, I miss the, the school because my best friends are from the school. So, so you're still best friends yeah. with them? Like, oh, that's so nice. So I really miss the school. Did they come over to stay in Manchester? Yeah, sometimes they came. They came here to be with me, and but it's difficult because now it's, they have kids. Someone, someone have kids. Someone they have to work, so it's, it's more difficult. But yeah. So do you? How is how has life changed since being a dad? It's changed a lot, a lot. Uh, it's great to have the. You don't worry about football as much, I imagine. No, no, now it's something else more important yeah. than than anything. Uh, but yeah, I love to to be with her and spend time with her. It's, it's amazing. And I can see the lovely Adern in the room too. We know you're very famous in your own right. But David, you're into a very different kind of music. Is that correct? Uh, to be honest, I like a lot of. A lot of music, type of music, but so many people have told us about your style know, of music know, in the dressing room. I'm, I'm not the. They don't like me here. <laughs> I'm in a uh, I'm in a WhatsApp group with some of my old school friends, okay. and it's just a it's it's a fantasy football WhatsApp group. So the whole point of it is just to talk about our teams. And a couple of weeks ago, somebody sent a message saying, "Is it right that David de Gea listens to metal?" And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, this, yeah. Is, this is known. This isn't a secret." And then all of them got so excited because. In their perspective, there was a footballer at a club that wasn't their club that was into something different to everybody else. And they all immediately, I can show you, all of the responses were, he's now my favourite non-player of, a lot of them are Spurs fans, not Spurs player. Okay. So they thought it was great. No, no, that's good, of course. Uh, Yeah, people in the dressing room, they don't like my music, but but yeah, I try to to put Sundays on the dressing room to for the people to, to feel even more angry. So that's good. But yeah, I, I love metal. Yeah, I love them. I love them. You're just saying sound words, like I know. you? haven't got yeah. a clue, have you? I sound like I know uh, what I'm talking like, about. Yeah, ah, okay, you don't know them, okay. <laughs> Wage War, okay. is that right? Yeah. I know them all. But Sleep Not. Uh, yeah, you play the drums a bit, right? Yeah. But So did that come, were you always into music or did that come from no, the love after, of the after, music? After. Okay, after. cool. Yeah, my, my, my girlfriend, uh, as a person, was like a, drum there and uh, yeah I'm trying to play but it's, it's, it's tough do you have like a teacher and stuff or no. is it okay so just sitting I'm down just trying and... to learn by myself so yeah. probably I need someone to, to teach me properly because that uh, you were in your when the Rebels gaming launched mm-hmm. you're drumming in the video was, right? yeah yeah I was I was yeah I was there with the drummings and yeah that was I think looks looks very cool yeah so, uh, what can you tell us about Rebels gaming like what gave you the idea to launch an esports company and is it something you're really yeah, I was myself about? myself yeah it's one of my passions uh, I was there Looking, looking at some some teams, and since I was very young, I I used to love playing video games and and watch people playing. So I say, yeah, why not just create a team and and do it properly and how say professional professionalists mm-hmm. the, the 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 sports even more. So yeah, I'm really proud as well from the my team. Nice. What are the games that you like to play? I love Rainbow Six. Mm-hmm. This is my. The, the best game for me. I, I love to play, and and it looks like I'm with my friends because I'm with the headphones playing with them. So I feel mm-hmm. I just thinking about playing and be with my friends. So it's, yeah. it's very nice. Nice. Are there any other sports that you're into? Sports. Yeah. Sports. Um, playing or I love watching. I love basketball. I love tennis. Yes, playing and watch. I, I like paddle as well. I don't know if you yeah. know about paddle. Because pa- paddle is really big in Spain, mm-hmm. isn't it? 
It's big. It's yeah. getting bigger and bigger, and so I love paddle. It's, it's mm -hmm. very nice. Easy to play. It's fun. So it's it's nice. Yeah, I saw a picture. You were with Roger Federer recently. You have you been to Wimbledon before? Yeah, to, yeah. yeah. Been, we went with Juan and Ander. We went to Wimbledon. Yeah, to, it's a fantastic experience. It's unbelievable, unbelievable. And we met Federer, so it was great. How good were you, or could you have been? Do you think at any of those sports? Because like Victor Lindelof was great at uh, ice uh, ice hockey. He could have uh, been an ice hockey yeah. player, and there are loads and loads of players that could have made it at other sports if they'd followed that path. Do you think you would have had a career? I'm not sure if I had a career. I was I was quite good in, in at tennis. I used to make lessons and playing mm. quite good. So maybe, but you never know. For sure, I'm much better keeper than than <laughs> at tennis. So I really enjoy to play tennis. It's, it's a nice sport. What age were you, David, when you went between the goals? What what age did you put on goalkeeper gloves for the first time? Well, I think I was very very young because my my dad was a a goalie as well. So yeah. as soon as I just walk and I think he bought a small goal and fake grass and we started to training together since I was very very young what was his career was he uh, did he have a, was he playing semi-professionally or yeah yeah, yeah like a second division in Spain so it was it was quite good yeah that's awesome I never see him playing but mm -hmm. some people told me that he was he was good and for you you said you loved skill but did you always want to be a footballer was that what you had as a vision, or did you think no. you might do something else? And what would you have done if you hadn't have played? No, I think when you're a kid, just you just play for fun, play for fun to be, yeah. uh, be with your friends and play and enjoy. And that was me, the same, just playing, and you are getting better and going with the national team under 17s and playing better. And then you go with the first team and say, oh, come on, and maybe that could be my my job and mm -hmm. proper job. And I was that was was like this, but probably something if I wasn't a footballer uh, probably something in relationship with the sports for sure I don't yeah. know what but something with relationship yeah at what point did that mentality change for you and you thought right I'm going to take this really seriously now this could be something I guess like around is that when Atletico I know I always take it really serious to be honest mm -hmm. because my dad was was always there uh, come on you have to have to be mm -hmm. focused and try to, to improve and he thought I, I was I had something to be a, a good goalie, so I was, I never get, go to parties or never, you know, drink or anything. Uh, I always, always focus. Yeah, always focus on, on be a goalie and yeah. That's, and did good. you have a group of players at that age when you were going through, you know, the system Atletico Madrid that you still know now? Is there any players that we would know, for example, from that year group? Yeah, I play with uh, Forlan. I play with. Who's many. been on our podcast? Uh, Forlan was a yeah top player. Uh, I play with Aguero. I play with some very good players yeah. there, and I really enjoy my time in in Atletico, and we won some trophies as well. So yeah, so I was very young, but I really enjoyed. Yeah. Is it right that you ended up in the first team because they wanted to send you out on loan to maybe someone like QPR? And you didn't want to go on loan, so you were training on your own. Is that right? Tell us a story. Yeah, it was yeah, similar, yeah. Uh, yeah, they want me to go on loan and some teams, different teams, uh, but I say, no, I stay here. Uh, yeah, and I was like the third keeper, like like training there, like, you know, young, young goalie, so nobody cares what you do. But yeah, but then I think the first goalie went to the World Cup under 20, under something, and they, they put the second goalie, I was on the bench. And the second goalie had a, an injury in the Champions League game, and then that was my my chance to play. What what did it feel like when you? Because I suppose for for goalkeepers, although you're you're ready if you're on the bench, you probably don't expect to come on. Usually, it would be you get to start a game at some point. What's it like coming into a game? Yeah, to be honest, I didn't expect to to play the, any minute there. So I was just on the bench watching the game. So I saw the keeper like, maybe I have to. I have to play, but it was so so quickly. Everything was super fast. So come on, you have to come in and play. Then I had no time to to think. So I just play. I play a good game. We lost the game, but I played quite well. So it was it was great. How old were you then, David? Eighteen. Eighteen. I had eighteen. Wow. I was eighteen. Yeah. 
And I was very young. In yeah. your, the next week was your league debut mm-hmm. and you got to start the game. Yeah. Did that feel different because you knew you would yeah, be starting? Probably was, yeah. Feeling a bit more, feel more the pressure because you have to play. You're playing in the home stadium where you always dream to play mm-hmm. and that was crazy. It was crazy because and then I made a penalty mm-hmm. and I saved the penalty. So you never know if what happened if I make the penalty and I concede the goal. So uh, yeah, and then the fans start to shout my name. It was unbelievable. How quickly did you feel that people were talking about your potential and the kind of goalkeeper you could be at Atletico for Spain? Did you did you become aware of that? Yeah, of course. Now in the TV, in the newspapers, everything is going super quick. And but I was very young, so I was I didn't care about about things just trying to, to improve, try to play well. And I was very quiet, like like now. So I was super quiet and just focus on my, my goals. What are you like in the changing room? And have you changed from being 18? You know, obviously 18, there's a lot of senior players, but what are you like as a character in the changing room back then and now? No, now I'm more, I'm more open. I'm more, I was very shy at the beginning. When I was very young, I was super shy, but with the years you, yeah, of you course. have to yeah to get more more confident in yourself and talk with everyone and so now yeah now I'm of course I'm I've been here many years so I'm one of the the most experienced players here so I yeah I try to to help everyone to to talk with if someone has a problem to be there talk and of course just be an example and what about your family do you often speak to I know you're close to your father and do you, do you speak to him after games and did you do that when you were younger I actually read somewhere that he used to come to every training session yeah. is that true yeah he normally used to come to every training session oh. in Spain uh, when I was young watching the games from behind so he was always there and in Atletico as well he was coming to the to the trainings and when we came here it's you know it's not don't let people to to watch yeah. the trainings normally so it was it was a bit sad yeah like just but waiting then, outside yeah. at the game yeah, like. just wait outside <laughs> and then telling you what how was the training but yeah he was always there helping me and now he takes me for the games he takes me after the games mm-hmm. so he's always always there do you think he as a goalkeeper could see straight away your potential do you think he knew that there was a chance you could be a, an elite probably goalkeeper? He, he was telling me come on you have a chance to be a good goalie and so keep going, keep keep training. But yes, he always trusts in myself and he always believe, believe in me. I'm going to take you back now to 2010. So you're at Atletico, you've played a few games, you've done a few seasons. And then there's talk everywhere that Edwin van der Sar will be retiring soon and Manchester United are going to buy you. And you didn't move and a few months later signed a new deal. Was that something that you thought about? Did you hear about it? Were there Was it something people were talking to you about or was it just noise in newspapers? No, like I said before, always just noises. Is the TV there? Newspapers. So people talk a lot about football, about things. So yeah, I hear at that that point that Manchester was there and Edwin was close to retire. So, but like I said, I was very focused on my on my trainings, on my games, and I never think a lot about future. I just want to be on the on the present and and be good and game by game and training train by train. So that's that's what I do. And then the following year the same thing happened but this time you did join Manchester United uh, what was the thought process for you what was the situation how did it all come about well they, they, yeah they contacted with me with my people and yeah, it was an interesting real interest to sign me uh, yeah, I was like I said I was very shy I was it was difficult for me to leave Spain to leave my my country my family my friends everyone in Spain but yeah I say this is one chance in your life you have to you have to take it be strong and go there and try to to show your qualities and that's what I did I should say as well that Sir Alex Ferguson missed a league cup match against Scunthorpe United to come and watch you play against Valencia which now at the time you I don't know did you know he was there at the time no you didn't know I think I thought it was he told me it was someone from Manchester watching the games but I didn't know it was Sir Alex that's incredible. Yeah. That's unbelievable. Did you watch much English Premier League? Yeah, yeah, I used to watch, yeah. Premier League was yeah, it's always been one of the of the best leagues in the world and yeah, watching the keepers as well from here and yeah, yeah but I never realized that I want to play in England. 
So at some point, eventually you met Sir Alex Ferguson, which we'll get to it, but could you understand anything he said? Mm, 10%, maybe. <laughs> what about now? Maximum. <laughs> it was tough. It was, even yeah. now, it's not easy to, when I talk with him, it's, it's not easy for me to understand. Uh, his accent is, is quite difficult for me. <laughs> But just be with him together and spend some time with him was was amazing. I was in his house as well with his wife. It was very, Is that very, when you first nice. came yeah. over? Yeah, he. I went to his house with his, well, have some lunch there and talk with me and my family was there as well. They don't understand anything, of course. Oh, I, really, I really want to know what you had for lunch. I know uh, that's we really there, boring, but what do you talking, have? What do you now? have for lunch at Sir Alex Ferguson's house? I can't remember, to be honest. <laughs> you must have been was, to Sir Alex Ferguson's house. No. You've never been to Sir Alex Ferguson's not important house. enough to go to Sir Alex Ferguson's house. That shocks me. I don't, do you know what? We've interviewed so many people and I've not heard anybody say they've been to his house for lunch. Yeah, that's true. I've and never heard that either. It's a privilege. That <laughs> was good. No, privilege. That was good. That was good. I was very young and I was there with Sir Alex, family there, and it was, it was nice. Yeah, what a moment. And what was your English like back then? It was just, just a little, just minimum, minimum yeah. from the school, but... I wasn't very good in English, to be honest, in the school, so yeah, it was quite bad. So what were those first few months like when you've, you've had to move over, which obviously you weren't maybe so excited to leave home and get used to somewhere a bit greyer and a bit rainier? Was it exciting finding somewhere to live and doing all of that? Yeah, it was, first of all, it was hard. It was very hard for me to leave, mm. like I said, to leave my house, to leave my family, my friends. Of course, it was really, really hard, but at the same time, it was a challenge. It was I was excited to 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 come here to to play to meet all the players and yeah, but it was a bit of strange, strange feelings at the at the beginning. We were talking about uh, donuts earlier. I suppose that was another strange thing when everybody yes, of everybody course everybody to said me, you yeah, were a donut thief. <laughs> it was I don't know the first weeks I was I was here. I went with I don't know one friend to to buy something to the to the market and yeah, we saw some donuts and then, and yeah, we take the donuts and we eat the donuts and yeah, we go to to pay and I forget the wallet in my car. So I say, come on, let's go to, to take the wallet to the car and we come back and we pay the, the things. Mm-hmm. I tried to, to get out of the of the market and it was a security guy there say, hey, you, I don't know, you are, I, my English was, was zero mm-hmm. there. So I was trying to explain to the to security guy, please let me go and to the, to my car and take the money, but I didn't, he didn't understand and I didn't understand what he was saying, to be honest. And yeah, yeah. the next day he was in, in the, yeah. everywhere in the wall. Is that the moment you realized, wow, this is a really big club? Yeah, <laughs> no, I was saying, what, what, what I'm doing here? Would, they put things about donuts in the, <laughs> in the media around the wall. Say, uh, well, come on, I cannot start my career here mm-hmm. with, with this, but that was just, uh, the next morning I came to the, the to the training ground a bit. Let's see if you know you know see me today. So he came with a box of, of donuts <laughs> to give me the, the donuts. So it was it was a bit fun. So it was the money was was fine. I was was happy as well. It was a a fun funny thing. What was it like when you first met your new teammates and joined the dressing room? Because of course you're you're coming into a place good. Edwin yeah. van der Sar. Yeah, it was good, but it was the same. It was a bit tough because my English was was not the best and difficult to understand people and try to, and I was I was very shy at, the, at that moment. So it was, didn't want to talk a lot with the, mm-hmm. it was a lot of experienced players here. So it was it was different as as the dressing room now. So, but the, it was Chicharito, it was mm-hmm. uh, some players, Nani, uh, the brothers, Rafael and, and Fabio. So easy for me to talk with them and in Spanish. So they helped me a lot. And I suppose as a goalkeeper, you're training separately from your teammates, so you become very, very close to your goalkeeping coach, who at the time was Eric Steele. Did you have a relationship? Did you meet him many times before you came to yeah. Manchester? I think I met. Uh, I think he went to as well to to see my games, to watch my yeah. games, and I met him as well. Uh, he was he wants to work really, really hard with me, especially. It was difficult for me at the beginning because I had to to do some gym, to to eat a lot, to, to try to to win some weight. So it was mm-hmm. it was difficult at the beginning, but I think we were really, really hard. Obviously, we don't get to talk to too many goalkeepers because there's a lot less goalkeepers in football, obviously. 
what's a what's a training day like for you? Because obviously you train on your own away from everybody else. We spoke to Ben Foster mm-hmm. and he told us about training with Edwin van der Sar. And he said that on a lot of days, Edwin would come in, put his gloves on and just pick up footballs, hold them, squeeze them, bounce them, but wouldn't make any saves, wouldn't sort of jump about. Whereas it, in my head, I think if you're a goalkeeper, you, your training is just maybe shot stopping all the time. But I suppose that isn't it. Well, it depends of the of the age as well. He was, uh, I don't know, he was 37, 38, no? So you know yourself better than anyone. So sometimes you need more training, sometimes you need less. I think keepers is just about mental, about be good in the in the mental thing. It's massive for goalies, be really strong there. So sometimes if you feel good here, you don't even need to train, you're just feeling the ball, some hands, it's enough, but uh, other, other other goalkeepers they love to dive to train hard. So it depends of the of the goalie. But I think the mental the mental thing is is massive for for us. Yeah, I was going to actually ask you about because the first few months were quite difficult for you here. For you to have the mental strength to get through that time is incredible. What helped you then? It was really really tough. First two three months. I was thinking maybe this is not for me. I have to have to leave, uh, go back to Spain or somewhere because this is difficult for me and I cannot cannot be here more. But yeah, and then and I think if you have to believe in yourself and people, they can try to help you, of course, family, friends. But you have to you have to, to do by yourself, yourself, deal yeah. with your with your things and be really really strong. If not, it's impossible. Even if people try to help you, you have to to be the first one to try to change things and and fight for it. And you always had the belief from the manager. That was the big thing for you, I suppose. Of course, that was big. And he used, he would come out and speak about his belief for yeah, you yeah. as well. Yeah, since, since I came here from the first day, he was 100% with me, talking with me, even if I don't understand, but he was, <laughs> <laughs> he was really good with me, like a dad, so he was... Yeah, that's, this is life. I think sometimes you make mistakes, so you have to keep going and keep. Just be quiet. Be just keep working and and show your qualities. Was there a point or a game where you felt I've got this? I I'm that's done with. I'm going to mm. succeed here now. Probably after the game against Chelsea, mm-hmm. when we draw away three three, it was a great game. And make some good saves, help the team to to. Is that the the matter free kick? Yeah. Oh, I was at that game. He said he put on purpose there to to me to make the yeah. save. And then <laughs> That's very nice. Start to feeling well. Yeah. yeah. So it was a good game, and yeah, since then I think I was playing well and better and better. So maybe that was a a good point. Do you think about that when new players come into the changing room? Because it's not easy for people just to adapt to a new country, new language, new food, new weather. And I suppose for you as a senior player, then you think, you know, it's not easy for that player to come and just straight away play perfect football. Of course, it's not easy, but my feeling is like, it's much more easier now than than 10 years ago. Because now younger people in the dressing room, it's easier to come to the dressing room and talk with everyone. It's yeah. super simple, but 10 years ago was, was tough. Was people, very experienced people, older people so it was it yeah. was difficult to connect with them and try to talk with them it was was tough I think now it's easier but of course it's still still difficult it's a new league new weather everything's new for the for the new players but I feel like it's a bit easier than, than before Is that, do you think that's because as time goes on pe- like personalities change so 100%. people like Rio Ferdinand and Nemanja Vidic in the dressing room would have I mean I I'm older now than they would have been but they would have been intimidating people to go and speak to and talk to. Whereas now those those kind of characters in football don't exist the same. No, now it's, I think football changed a lot. So yeah, now it's, it's too easy to talk with, with anyone. Doesn't matter the age, so it's, it's, it's quite simple. But yeah, 10 years ago was, for me, for me was tough. And my feeling was like it was much more difficult before than now. Yeah. I feel like this is all sort of connected. What was it like? sharing the dressing room with Juan and with Ander because the three of you always seemed so close yeah it was was very good it was what can I say two good friends uh, great people I think everyone here still love Ander and he he left 
some years ago. Everybody loves Juan as well. I think it was great, great moments here with, with them. We win some trophies together, so yeah, I miss them. Everybody was sad when the three amigos broke I up. I know, I know. <laughs> that was good. Let's talk about your first trophy for this club. A very, very special moment. What, what was it like that day when you when you won the Premier League trophy? It was unbelievable. We were really close to win the year yeah. before. So Let's not talk about that year. I know, I know. That was, <laughs> that was bad. I know that Sir Alex Ferguson said, as you said, that day you don't want to ever feel like this again. And that is incredible motivation. Of course. I cannot describe the feeling how everyone f- feels that day. So I think since the first game of the next season, you feel it. So this season we're going to win the league and, and we did it. It was it was crazy. It was unbelievable to win the, the Premier League and to be with the in the bus through the through the city with the, our fans. This is why I want this club to, to win again and to everyone that they don't win anything yet here to feel what means to win a big trophy here because mm-hmm. it's unbelievable. Do you remember any specific team talks or anything from Sir Alex Ferguson in your time here? I know he did quite a famous one when he went round the changing room talking about parents, your parents and your family. Um, is there? Or obviously you must remember the time he retired as well. Yeah, no, probably it's been many, many talks that Sir Alex did to everyone. It was very, sometimes really angry. <laughs> In the half times we, we were playing bad. But I don't know, just seeing, seeing Sir Alex there, it was, it was different. It was, come on, we have to win. Sir Alex there, we are, we're going to win. Mm-hmm. So it was fantastic, fantastic to, to, to be with him two years. I mean, we've talked about uh, how supportive he was. But how soon did you find yourself, or did you ever find yourself, on the end of the hairdryer? And were you aware of what that was? He showed, yeah, he showed to everyone. Yeah, he doesn't care. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was, especially when we we played the first half, bad half, and he came to the dressing room really angry. So yeah, this is why the second half normally we we come back or we win the games in the in the second half because yeah, he was he was angry and he was he was he was a special a special man. Yeah. How did you find out that he was going to be retiring? I was hearing, like, like we we talking before, or some, I don't know, in the TV, and people talking about maybe he's gonna, he's gonna retire this season, but you never imagine that he can. Nah, it's, it's okay. He's gonna keep keep going. I don't know. One day, I think he came to the resting room. I said to to everyone, guys, that's that's gonna be my my last game, my my last season, and yeah, that was sad moment for everyone from not for just for Manchester for for football wall and yeah it was a big big miss and many managers for you in that time since then and your four-time winner of the Sir Matt Busby player of the year uh, incredible achievement do you really appreciate awards like that and reflect on those of course of course it's better to win trophies yeah of course as a, as a team is the most important thing for sure but yeah, it's great. It's great to. It's not easy, especially if you are a goalkeeper, to win those, those trophies or those awards. So it's, it's great when people uh, give you credit about your work. And this is why I'm here, just to try my best. And and if people and players they, they appreciate your work, is even better. How do you spend your time now when you're not? training and you're not playing football do you do you focus on things like uh, Rebels gaming yeah. and or is it like do you, is, is that like your release from the pressure yeah. and the, the intensity that is Manchester yeah. United yeah yeah for sure I'm yeah I'm a lot of time uh, playing video games because I love to be with my friends playing video games with my family of course with my baby my girlfriend my family is uh, one of the most important things most important thing in my life and and then yeah, the rebels, rebels uh, gaming as well. They give me I don't know another uh, passion, another passion, and I really love to be to be there and to have the team and talk with the the staff, and uh, I love it. Is there anything else you've got on the horizon where you're thinking, oh, I might look into doing that? No, it's just rebel, uh, it's just the gaming. So we have the gaming apartment, and now we are trying to do the entertainment. 
apartments. So both both things together, so I think it's gonna be it's gonna be nice. We are working working hard to to make the brand bigger and bigger. So it's it's, it's another challenge. So I'm, I'm enjoying. Who else is a gamer? I don't even know whether that's the right phrase. Sorry. Who yeah, else yeah. games in the squad? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's fine. I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think Case Casemiro's a okay. big gamer. He has his own his own team as well. Uh, seen the young lads play a lot as well. Didn't you used to play back in the day on the bus? The games is that different? You all used yeah, to yeah, some this, but the the small mm-hmm. the small one I know that's like a Mario bit Kart or something like this. Yeah, Mario Kart. Mario Kart. I think they oh, were playing. No, you used to have the, those handsets. The, the PSPs. Right? Yeah, they had the, the small one. Yeah, there was that. I can't think what the like game was called. There was like a shooting one. So calm. calm. Yeah, I think yeah, yeah. I remember they were playing that one. Yeah, Johnny Even Brown, on the plane, home, yeah. all those. Yeah. Annoying. Yeah, I was gonna say yeah. you seem to remember built out of maybe a frustration <laughs> as opposed to thinking that was fun. <laughs> no, you did. They used to play it on the bus together, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, hundred percent. And in the, on the plane as well, they used to play with it. Yeah, that's who, true. Who is the best now? Or Both. I'm playing quite well. Yeah, I play well. No, I play well. I don't know the rest. I'm, yeah, I don't play with them. So, oh, do you play? Because if Casemiro has his own esports yeah. team, he's obviously pretty serious. Have no, you, no, serious. Have serious. you played him at anything? We play in the league, yeah. Mm-hmm. So we play each other. Who's who's, who's coming out on top? Rebels, always. Very humble man. Very humble man. <laughs> no, they have a good team as well. So both teams, I think, we're doing really well. <laughs> nice. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, what is it like for you as a goalkeeper when the I suppose we should talk about football when the when the managers change because the goalkeeping coaches automatically change because I suppose you have such a personal relationship with a goalkeeping coach. Yeah, it's a bit it's a bit difficult when when we change the goalkeeping coach. Of course, if you change the managers, everything everything changes. But uh, if we yeah train with different go, uh, training coaches is. It's because we change the everything, we change the way we train, the way we we talk with them. So it's yeah, you have to get used to to train with them and start the relationship again. And it's like a new like a new manager, but just for for goalies. Where did your reflexes to save shots with your feet come from? Because it's so unorthodox to what we're used to seeing from goalkeepers. I don't know. It's just uh, something that I use when the ball come fast and I cannot do with my hand so you cannot train that it's just an instinct so sometimes the ball is so fast and just try to save with my feet so it's nothing cannot train that do you watch your games back and because so for for those of us like me who are just fans and some of your saves are so ridiculous that they like it just seems totally impossible that you've got your body into that position and made that save do you ever watch them back and think how did I how did I do that well, normally we, we... It's a hard question to answer. <laughs> they send the clips from, from every player. So we have the clips from just from the balls I, I touch in the game. So yeah, of course, normally we, we try to, to improve and watch what we can do better. Or, but yeah, sometimes if it's a great save, I, and I then was a save. When you've pulled off those great saves or like a game's been good and we've got a clean shoot, whatever, are you aware of all the memes that exist? Because there are so many... Uh, like David De Gea ones of you in like the Matrix or stood in front of brick walls and closed signs and things like that no, I'm just there to to make the save to help the team and I don't know to be honest it's a good feeling to make a, a great save and especially if you win the game because sometimes you made a, an amazing save and then the team lose the game so it means means nothing so but when you make a save and the team wins the game it's, it's a great feeling What's life like under Ten Hag? Are you enjoying? Yeah, of course. Your football. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, he has high demands to everyone. Uh, it's a lot of information, so we have we are used to to play under under him because it's a lot of new things for the team. Yeah, but I think we are we are enjoying. We are training really hard with him. Long training sessions, so tactics, everything. Yeah, but I think we are in the right way. We are playing really well. Uh, mm-hmm. Last games, I think we we showing the that we can play really well and winning games. That's the most important thing. Mm-hmm. This is just something I'm wondering, and uh, people might find this really boring. So I had a little girl a month before you did. Okay. So what have you made of that so far? Ah, it's uh, it's quite hard to be honest. It's, yeah. uh, it's hard, but at the same time, it's it's amazing. It has mm-hmm. to be because now I start to talk in a bit, some words, and give you hugs and. And kisses, and uh, I think it's the best, the best thing in, in the world. Do you think she will be into football? 
I don't know. It's probably because she's she loves to run and he thinks the ball and oh. throwing the ball mm. and so maybe maybe let's let's see. I don't know. It was a, a thing because you said about less sleep. So you, this is a thing you obviously know. Seasoned parent three, over yes. here. Yeah. <laughs> so until until I had a child, it never occurred to me that children affect your life. So like, for example, one yeah, day you might get less sleep. And it ne I never even thought for once that a, a football player might be playing and you think, oh, they seem a bit off it today. Never occurred to me that like, maybe their child has been up the entire night and they just haven't been of able course, to sleep. Of course, of yeah. course. They change your life. Uh, you finish training, you can go home before and- Not today, Stay sorry. in the sofa. <laughs> no, not today, I have to stay here, three hours. Uh, but you can stay in the sofa, watching something, doing nothing. Mm -hmm. And now you go home and you have to be with the, with the yeah. baby, playing with the baby. Mm -hmm. Of you are sleeping and she's she wake up and screaming or something so you it's totally different different life but but the, yeah, the little the little girl is the best the best thing in the world yeah nice. what do you think life would be like for you after football do you want to stay in football what do you think that you will do I'm not sure I'm not sure but but mentally it's very 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 tough over the years keep playing so I will need some some rest and be with my family, with my friends, because I I miss a lot of time with them. So try to be with them a lot and enjoy enjoy life. And let's see, let's see. I'm I'm not sure to be honest. Obviously, for now you're settled in Manchester and uh, fully involved in everything that is Manchester United. And uh, I know you really interested in the women's team and mm -hmm. speak to Mary Earps, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we we'll talk uh, especially after the games. Uh, well. Yes, say congrats. congrats. Uh, uh, I think she's, she's doing very well. She's keeping a lot of clean sheets. So we talk about clean sheets all the time. Uh, yeah, she's doing really well. Uh, they won the, she won the, the Euro Cup with England and she's playing really, really well. So yeah, I'm, I'm trying to watch uh, as much as I can the, the, women's, uh, the women's team. Uh, and I think they're doing really well this season. I mean, I also know that you, uh, you're a fan of Siobhan Chamberlain. Mm -hmm. Because whenever she's doing punditry with me, she always gets a hello. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then she's like, me and David are it's goalkeeper's union. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's really nice, really nice. Uh, yeah, I met her when she was uh, at, at Manchester as well, top keeper, uh, and now it's, it's on the TV, no? Talking mm -hmm. with, uh, so yeah, yeah she's, she's great. She was really good as a goalkeeper and she's, she's really, really nice. Before we finish with you, I just want to ask you about your relationship with the Manchester United fans. What do the fans mean to you? Well, it means, I think, everything for the club, for, for, for everyone. Without, without the fans, without them, is, football means nothing. Especially, I think, we felt when, when it was the virus and it was the COVID here and it was the empty stadiums. It was like we were, we were playing uh, friendly games. It wasn't wasn't the same and then see them back the full full stadium it's unbelievable uh, I think yeah football means fans as well and we have one of the best in the world we'll let you go because we know Thank you've, you. you've got <laughs> these things you want to do uh, but before we do we've seen you now over the years wear the captain's armband a few times and you talked about how shy you were yeah. when you first came but now very much one of the leaders in the group and more often than not, I think when when the result hasn't gone our way, you come and you speak to the press and you front up about what's happening. Is that something you feel you have a responsibility to do, or is it just who you are as a person now? No, I think I changed changed a lot since I came here. More mature uh, yeah, now. I feel like one of the most experienced players here in the in the team uh, leadership. So yeah, I have to to show that it's a responsibility as well. So. It's easy when the things go go in a good way. It's easy to to be there, but when when it's more difficult and the things are going a bit more more tough, is when you have to put your face there and and be there for the team, for the fans, for everyone. So yeah, as always, I say the try to be an example and train in a proper way to everyone to see you training well and yeah, and give some advices to the to the young lads as well and keep keep playing well. This is the most important thing. Amazing. David, thank you so much for talking to us. It's been a pleasure to be here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. David De Gea. Yeah, I, do you know, I really enjoyed 
being in his company and chatting to him because I've seen him a few times after games. He always says hello, but I've never like had like had a conversation with him really. And I, I thought it was really fun. It was really, really enjoyable. I really enjoyed that one. My favourite part was when he said he went for lunch at Sir Alex Ferguson's house. Have you ever done that, Maisie? No. Which the, yeah, I thought not many players go there for lunch. No. Of course no. I asked what he had, but he didn't know. Everybody wants to know that question. Mm-hmm. What did you have to eat at Sir Alex Ferguson's yeah, house? I know you're listening to this. Uh, any chance of uh, getting Maisie around for like a chippy dinner or something oh, like that? I'd, I'd like to come around too. Chips and gravy. He did tell us he was a really good cook, actually. Yeah. In our podcast. So maybe he would rustle you something up. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, it'd be nice. But yes, really, really enjoyed that one. Icon of Manchester United and still here. Mm-hmm. He really lit up when he talked about Herrera and Mata as well. Yeah, absolutely. You can see that was a real true friendship. Yeah, the, the three amigos were lost. Yeah. Also, it was, I know we were joking at the start of this about donuts. It was fun getting his version of events on the donut story and him thinking, this is ridiculous. What kind of country puts this in the newspapers? Yeah, yeah. Welcome to England. Welcome to Manchester United. An immediate sense of the tabloids. Tasco's currently doing the maths. How many goalkeepers do you think we've now done on our podcast? I would go uh, 16. That seems way too many for me. No, we've done so many goalkeepers. Name them. Stepney. Correct. Ledge. Lee Grant, obviously amazing. Yeah. Besties. Peter Schmeichel. Yeah. Tom Heaton. Yeah. Roy Carroll. Yeah. Helen, just shout whenever you've got one. Do you know what I'm trying to do? Helen, I'm trying Helen, to cheat. Helen's actually cheating. She's going through a note. Have we said Van der Raymond. Raymond Van der Gorgias. You know what? There's so many that I could be shouting out here. Um, Mary Earps. Yeah, Mary good one. Mary Earps, yeah. That's seven. But I suppose, do we count David now? That takes us to eight. David. Oh, um, uh, oh, Foster. Yeah, yeah Foster. Jen Foster. Gary Bailey. Oh, Gary, Gary Bailey. Bailey. That was a yeah. brilliant podcast. Gary yeah. Bailey. Oh my word, that was so long We've ago. We've done over a hundred. It's so hard to remember all of them. Tim Howard? Yeah, good, Maisie. Thomas Cusack? Thomas, yeah. I have, I think, two more on my list, which takes us to 13. Oh, tell, tell us the era. 80s for one and very recent for the other. Oh, Sean Chamberlain? Correct. Obviously. So we've one more to get. One more to get. Maisie, you should be getting it. 80s? 80s and 90s. You should be getting this, Maisie. Who was in goal before Pete? Just called him Pete like he's my mate. You're also assuming he's most famous for playing for Manchester United, which isn't always the case. No, of course. So he's not made that many appearances for Manchester United? However, is affiliated to the club still. So he's, he's employed by the club oh, at this I moment. Know. Um, oh, He's yes. goalkeeper and coach. Tony well, Coton. 14 in total. 14. So that Good. makes up more than 10% of our podcasts are goalkeepers. And do you know why that is, everyone at home? Because producer Tasker loves goalkeepers. No, they are a fair <laughs> yeah. representation. Yes, they does. are 1-11th of our podcast, which is perfect. They're 1-11th yes, of a team. Correct. Yeah. You do love goalkeepers, though. There we go, then. 14 goalkeepers. How does David De Gea rate in that list, Maisie? Uh, I would go uh, Schmeichel, David, and then a scrap for the rest. Edwin? We need to get... No, You're not, not only on the list that we've done. Oh, yeah, of course. We need course, to get Edwin, really, actually. Yeah, yeah. And Anders, yeah. Lind- with it. Anders Lindegaard, who has recently retired. Yeah, that would be good. Need to get him added to our list. Um, Tasco, as you did the, the intro for this one, do you want to do the outro? Oh, I don't know what you say. I haven't got a script. <laughs> not so easy now, Welcome is to it? our life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> got it for you? No, you can... I'm not reading no, that. come on. I'm not reading... I'm not... Just I don't get paid that. enough for this. Okay. Just read it. Okay, that's it for another episode. Thank you if you've made it all the way to the end. I wrote this, so it's difficult. Thank you if you made it all the way to the end. Remember, if you want to get in touch, you can email us at unitedpodcast.manunited.co.uk. That address is in the show notes for this episode if you need it. I thought I'd add a little bit of light yeah, to it. Yeah, it's good, it's good. Perfect, perfect. That's not bad, that task. Yeah? Yeah, you might get you on the payroll. Okay. We'll bring you some more episodes when we have them. So turn on the notification bell so you know when a ding new ding. app is released. Thanks, Mace. Good noise effects. We'd also love it if you could leave us a rating and a review. Yep. If you're a Spotify listener, you can leave us a five-star rating on there or on Apple Podcasts, you can write us your very own review. We'll talk to you again on the next one. Bye for now. That was nice. That was very That's nice. That's task. Bye-bye. See you later.